Good afternoon, producer Susan. How are you doing this day before Thanksgiving? I'm doing great, Sergio. Joe. How are you? Great, thanks. Are you home or did you travel? I I, I did travel to some family in in New Jersey. In New Jersey, so you got two. So we're both in New Jersey tonight. Oh, how cool is that? We ought to see yeah. if we get. To, we ought to see if we can get together here. So, um, uh, anyway, you do anything special? I I spent the day putting uh, taking my lawnmower off and putting my snowblower on my garden tractor, getting ready for winter. How about you? Are you getting ready for uh, nothing that exciting? Nothing that exciting. All right. Uh, how many more games does Penn State have to go? We have one. Well, hopefully two. We are playing Michigan State this weekend, the Friday night, your Friday night fun, Michigan State. And then uh, looks like we're going to be going to a bowl game. Uh, one of the bowl games this Christmas, New Year's. Right. And you're at seven and two for the year so far? No, I think we're nine and two. Nine so and two. Wow. This weekend, hopefully you'll be ten and two. All right. So you got a, a bowl game locked up. The only question is which bowl. All right. Yep. All right. Well, as you can guess, today is November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving. It's a situation with Jersey Joe. It's a news and perspective you won't hear on TV. Let me give you a rundown of the stuff we're going to try to squeeze in today. For those of you who remember uh, 60 Minutes, at the end of each show, they used to have a guy named of Andy Rooney he used to do some commentary. Uh, you remember Andy Rooney? Yeah, I do. Well, we're, our quote of the week is from Andy Rooney, the late Andy Rooney from 60 Minutes on Growing Old. In the stupidest thing I've heard all week segment, we'll tell you how the police in New York City described the circumstances of death surrounding a body of a corpse that was found on a Brooklyn beach missing its head and arms. And we'll tell you how the police described the circumstances of the death. Um, you know, we've talked before about uh, how the liberal media is, how you know the media in general is turning against Biden and sending clear signals that they don't want Biden to be the nominee because all the polls have him losing to everybody and even losing to Trump. And so clearly they all recognize that and they want somebody other than Biden, preferably Gavin Newsom. But uh, the most glaring example was Saturday Night Live. You know what the cold open is, right? When they, when they, yeah. mm -hmm. so they, they did the cold open. We're going to play a clip. They did a cold open of Biden giving a press conference with, you know, the panda that's going back to China. Well, they had the talking panda there. Uh, and the entire first five minutes was one slam and dig about Biden and his age, but uh, I'm going to play the one 45 second clip when they asked the Biden, uh, the panda about how he feels about the upcoming election. Uh, and it's very, very clear that the media does not want Biden to be the nominee. And then in three related stories, we'll, we'll tell you about uh, subtle protocol changes that have taken place when Biden meets with members of his national security staff, a change that has taken place with regard to how Biden enters and exits Air Force One, and how Biden apparently doesn't know the difference between T Taylor Swift and Britney Spears. But I guess that's easy to mistake those two. They're so similar, right? Br Taylor Swift and Britney Spears, interchangeable, right? I, I think the Swifties would be highly offended right now. <laughs> well, well, we'll give you three quick excerpts of uh, of uh, things that are there Biden is doing that it just serves to uh, illustrate how he's actually really losing it. And it's really sad. Um Something else interesting, we'll tell you about the new, uh, what's happened to the life expectancy, the average male in this country. Um, and uh, I did a little analysis of the impact of uh, the average life expectancy for male in this country and that of a college-educated male, and we'll tell you what the difference is. Uh, we'll also tell you which U.S. state has won the dubious distinction of being named the least free state in the union competition, and which states took the second, third, and fourth place honors. We'll also give you an update on uh, COVID, uh, how few people are have taken the, the COVID booster shot and how, and at the same time, 
the number of people is in single digits. I'll give you the exact number. But less than 10% of the adults in this country have, have gotten the COVID, the most recent COVID booster. Yet COVID deaths from COVID boosters over the past three months are almost insignificant. We'll give you the, the data, specific data. Play, uh, quote you a study from an interesting uh, study. W one guy is saying that you know, the earth is actually would benefit from more CO2. And I'll talk, I'll talk you through some of the details of why he thinks that more CO2 would be a very, very beneficial, not a detrimental thing to the earth. Um, last week, we started to talk about how Hamas would like to have a perpetual state of war, and we had to cut that short. I hope to get that to it, to it uh, this time. And our taxpayer relief shot this week comes to us from Pasco County, Florida, where uh, an intruder brings a hatchet to a gunfight uh, with a homeowner. Uh, how do you think that one turns out? Yeah, I'm probably uh, going to root for the gun owner there. <laughs> so you wouldn't bring a hatchet to a gunfight? No. Okay. All right. Our quote of the week by the late Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes fame. And here's his quote. He said, it's paradoxical that the idea of living a long life appeals to everyone. Everyone wants to live a long life, right? But the idea of getting old doesn't appeal to anyone. <laughs> so think about that. Everyone wants to live a long life, but nobody wants to get old. So aren't those two a little contradictory? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Stupidest thing I've heard all week comes to us courtesy of the New York City Police Department. So earlier this week, a dismembered body with no head and no arms uh, was found on a New York City beach in Brooklyn. And here's a quote from the link story. No foul play is suspected in the case, and there is no indication of suicide, the sources say. <laughs> <laughs> no head no arms no 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 indication of foul play or suicide uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah did they really have to add no indication of suicide anyway yeah. all right so you want to move you know, on I, I was gonna say the stupidest thing i had heard all week until i just heard that was the that homeowner in california who lost his permit Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm glad you, we, I didn't have that, but let's talk about that. So we talked, uh, so two weeks ago, a guy in California was coming back as Los Angeles. He was get, getting back to his house, you know, and he had a cup of coffee in one hand. And just as he's unlocking the front door to his house, and by the way, inside the house is his wife and, and uh, uh, young daughter. He's attacked by two mass armed guys with guns and masks. They attack him. Well, this guy happened to have a concealed carry license. He whirls around and starts shooting at these guys. And there's literally a gunfight in his in, in in his front walkway. And they run off. Nobody's hit. Well, this week, uh, the state of California has suspended his concealed carry permit. Uh, you know, talk about there couldn't be a more clear cut case of self-defense. State of California yeah. has temporarily suspended his concealed for firing his gun at these two masked guys who were shooting at him. That you're right. That probably takes the cake. Well, I, you know, it, I agree. That was probably one of the stupidest things I heard, but now about the, the, the murder that you yeah. mentioned that, that definitely. No indication of suicide. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to play this clip from Saturday Night Live. You can find the whole five minute clip on YouTube. Just do Saturday Night Live Panda. Um, and this is four and a half minutes into this five and a half minute clip. 
and they're and they've been now they've stopped interviewing Biden and now they've been interviewing the panda. So this next reporter is asking the panda a question. So listen to what the panda says. And I'm going to turn this up so we can hear it. Let me turn up the volume. Here we go. But the panda already chose me. Um, how do you feel about returning to China? Oh, honestly, I think the timing is right. I just, I have to leave the country now, you know? If Trump gets elected in 2024, that would be a disaster. He said he'll round up immigrants and put them in camps. Democracy might end. There might be a civil war. So you will vote for Biden? Mm -hmm. Maybe. <laughs> hey, man. I'm... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what did you get from that clip? Yeah, I, I'll say, you know. <laughs> so so he goes about how awful and, and terrible Trump is and why he'd have to leave the country. And then, well, that well, well, that means you'll be voting for Biden. Let me back that up and play one more time. Here we go. Trump gets elected in 2024, that would be a disaster. He said he'll round up immigrants and put them in camps. Democracy might end. There might be a civil war. So you will vote for Biden? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the media, even when Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live turns against you, they're sending you the message. Yeah. We really don't want you to run. So, mm -hmm. and I urge you to watch the entire five minutes because it's just one slam after another. So now, as long as we're talking about Biden's, you know, failings and how the, even the media's turned it, let's talk about three things that happened this week that came out. Um, once a month, every president meets with his national security council and there's pictures of Bush doing it and pictures of Trump doing it. And, you know, there's typically about, you know, 10 people around the table, you know, five on each side. And they each have a nameplate in front of them. Uh, something has happened this this month. There was a picture of this taken this month. You have to look very, very closely. The 10 people sitting at the table, rather than have their nameplates in front of them facing each other, they have all turned their nameplates towards the head of the table so President Biden can read their nameplates. You know, the, the, the clear implication is Biden can't remember who they are that's why he they have to spin their rotate their nameplates 90 degrees so that when biden knows who he's talking to i mean that's the only thing i can think of can you think of any other reason why no it's probably for it's probably for him yeah yeah just again failing memory uh, and again these are not strangers he meets with these people every month they're members of his national security council yet every single and if you go to the we maybe producer susan you can get that picture up on the website Again, it's a picture of these 10 yeah. people all have their nameplates rotated 90 degrees so that they face Joe Biden sitting at the head of the table. Um, the other one, have you seen a picture of uh, Biden entering and leaving Air Force One by the main staircase recently? Uh, not recently, no. Because what's happened, you know, he's, he's had... tripping every time he goes up and down. Right. And if you trip coming down, you know, from the main, now the 747 is a, is a huge double-decker plane. Yeah. And that main staircase goes to the primary door, entry door in the upper level. Well, if he were to fall coming down that staircase, it would be a serious, serious fall, might even kill him. So what they've now done to accommodate his uh, imbalance and, and gait, at the rear of a 747, there's a little service staircase that goes into the lower baggage area. And there is an internal elevator uh, from the lower level to the upper letter. 
Biden now, instead of using the primary entrance and exit where he comes out, you stop the and you wave to the people. He now goes up and down this these little baby steps. There's about eight steps at the and they're wide. They're they're very, very wide. They're probably six, seven feet wide. And he goes up and down the little baby steps and then takes the elevator up to the main level. So that's just another indication of his failing, failing health and balance. And finally, this week, he was asked about, you know, somebody died at the uh, Taylor, died of heat exhaustion at the Taylor Swift concert in Brazil. Yeah, and he, yeah, And it was sad, but he was asked about it. And he referred to Taylor Swift as Brittany. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, and, and by the way, and I believe he was reading from a teleprompter, if I'm not mistaken, but he referred to her as Brittany. So there's just three examples. His staff has to turn their nameplate so they, so he knows who his staff is. He uses the baby steps to get in and out of Air Force One, and he confuses Taylor Swift with Britney Spears. So, you know, all in all, you know, clearly uh, his condition is worsening. The media knows it, and the media is really sending signals. Joe, please don't run. And I think his handlers wish he would just stick to the teleprompt and not do any ad lib. No, no ad libs. All right. Uh, Let's talk about male life expectancy. So a study came out from the CDC this week that said that the average male life expectancy, I think, has dropped like another three years. By the way, the average life expectancy in this country is, I believe, 77 now, so we're 77 and a half. But for males, it's 73.2. Now, males die younger for a bunch of reasons. You know, less healthy lifestyles are more likely to be killed in, in you know, gang shootings and whatnot. Um, so, anyway, so the average male life expectancy is 73.2. Well, four times a year, I get an alumni magazine from my college. And when I went to school at the time, it was not co-ed. It was 100% male. And in the alumni magazine, at the end, they have a, a page called Vital Statistics, which is births, deaths, marriages, you know, who got married, who had a baby, you know, et cetera. And I was looking at this and and I note, and they do it, they group it by decades, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. And when I looked at it, I, I noticed that the two under the deaths, that the two biggest groupings of deaths were graduates from the from the decades of the 50s and the 60s. Well, being an engineer, I did my statistical analysis, morbid curiosity. So I'm using this statistical sample size to do a bell curve and come out what was the average age life expectancy of the college engineering graduates of the school I went to. And you know what I came up with instead of 73.2 years? I'm going to, I don't know, but I'm going to say it's definitely higher. It was 88 years. It was 15 years longer, which is dramatically different. Mm -hmm. 88 versus 73.2. Now, so I asked myself, and again, this is not, uh, this is not definitive. So I say, but what were the factors contributing to the extra, extra 15 years of life? And I'll give you the four I came up with. If you can think of more, you tell me. Number one, I think, is a higher standard of living resulting in a lower chance of winding up living in a city where homicide rates are five to 10 times the national average. I mean, if you live in Baltimore, downtown Philly, south side of Chicago, uh, St. Louis, your chance of being killed before the age of 30, being murdered by the age of 30 are sky high. Mm-hmm. So clearly you're not going to be living in one of those places if you're an engineering graduate, right? Yep. Two, I would I would hope that there's a lower prob- probability of using becoming addicted to deadly drugs like fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Related to that, I think as a college graduate, you have a greater awareness of the impact of lifestyle and, joy- and diet choices on longevity. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, I think, you know, if you do have an above average income because you're an engineer uh, of a, of a well-recognized school that you have better access to healthcare options 
um, based on their, their their above average standard of living. Uh, what do you think of those four? And is there any any more you could think of? No, I think those are good reasons, and they all make sense. And I and I think it's not just college educated. I think you know because we talk a lot about trade schools that people who further their education, regardless of how they further their education, are are more conscious of of lifestyle choices and have better access to to healthcare and in turn lead a longer life. Funny you should mention trade schools because when I first wrote this up in an email, here was my concluding line in my email. So if you want to live longer, attend a college or trade school mm -hmm. that teaches you a profession that enables you to enjoy an above average standard of living. Yeah. Um, by the way, the the average um, wage of a, um, a plumber pipe fitter in Philadelphia is $42 an hour. That's $84,000 a year. And if you join, if you go into the union as an apprentice at 18, by age 22, you are making $84,000 a year debt-free, yeah. debt-free. Yeah. So uh, by, I didn't mean to, um, to leave out trade schools, I, but my, I, my data was based on college, but I think the same, uh, the same logic would apply to a, a trade school. Again, uh, diesel automotive, diesel tech, diesel engine techs these days are pulling down 37, $38 an hour. Uh, yeah. And again, if you enjoy a, a higher standard of living, you're going to live in a better neighborhood, hopefully eat better, have better access to healthcare and not become addicted to drugs. All right. I, I know our uh, HVAC technicians and our elevator technicians are are making at least $50, $60 an hour. Oh yeah. Elevators, another one. The Otis elevator guys that I know, you know, they're all making above 50 bucks an hour. Oh, and our airline mechanics too, the air, the airplane mechanics. Yeah, AMP, airframe and power plant yep. mechanics. Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> you want to guess which state got the one, the least free state. Now least free means highest taxes, most constrictive regulations, both on business and on what people can and cannot do in their own homes and in the state. You want to guess? I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess uh, California. California came in at number two. Oh, okay. So then, uh, how about New York? New York was number one. Yeah. California number two. New Jersey number three, and Hawaii number four. So Not those four sense. blue states are the distinction of the least free states in the United States. Highest I, I don't, I don't know that much about Hawaii when it comes to politics. So I'm a little surprised on that one. Yeah, but you know, everything from what kind of car you can drive, uh, whether you can smoke a menthol cigarette, whether you can own a gun, uh, how much taxes you have to pay. So New York, New Jersey, New York, California, New Jersey, and Hawaii. Are the so least. out of curiosity, does it say what is the most free state? Uh, you know, it did, but I didn't, I didn't look, I think it was like Idaho or Montana, something like that. Wait, Cause uh, what is the, the New England state? Is New it? Hampshire, live free or die. Live free or die. Yeah. Is there a state? Uh, you model? know, I ought to go back. Maybe I'll revisit next week of what the, the least free states, but. Uh, or I can what, add the link to that story and in, in the, on the website. By the way, I'll tell you a quick story. My uh, 15 years ago, my partners and I were getting ready to invest in a business in Wyoming. And one of my, and part of our due diligence was to look at all of the business restrictions and regulations we would have to deal with. And we had already invested in a company in California. And I knew from doing that, that the, 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 the laws, regulations and uh, in California, everything from environmental to business to, you know, they have their own labor laws over time. You know, you know how, if you stacked up everything in, in California in 12 point type, you know how 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 high that stack of paper would be? Oh, it'd be probably a hundred feet tall. 
Well, it was it was actually more like 30 feet or to put it, but it had 30 feet. I go to Wyoming and I took everything I could find from trucking to labor laws. It was it was eight inches, <laughs> eight inches. That was everything. Eight inches. So and you wonder, well, how does you know, if you really need 30 feet, then how are the people in, in Wyoming not falling over dead if they only have eight inches of laws? And, and but that's laws. That's regulations. That's laws. That's that's everything. Eight inches. So. It was interesting. I've I've succumbed to the the peer pressure of watching Yellowstone, okay. and, which takes place in Montana. And it's interesting because a lot of it, it's all politics about land ownership and and not just the the state of Montana, but the the laws of, of Indian regulations and Indian reservations. And okay. yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's move on to CO2. I'm, I'm going to quote an excerpt and a link to a story by a guy named Dr. Jer Joseph Mercola. He's an MD, and he's explaining why more CO2 is beneficial to both plant and animal life on Earth. And here's some quotes from the link story. And the, and the story is the Green Agenda's flawed view of CO2. And here's a quote. In closing, in closing, Ray Pete also overturned key arguments of the Green Agenda by pointing out that during the Carbon, carboniferous period of Earth's history when plant and animal life was extraordinarily abundant. Carbon dioxide levels were some 20 times higher than they are now, and temperatures were relatively stable. So again, CO2 20 times higher than they were today. Temperatures were stable, plant life was abundant. It goes on, the expansion of vegetation will reflect infrared rays back into space, he said. So it's sort of like the Earth has a thermostat that will regulate for huge changes in CO2. Even more importantly, nothing thrives in low CO2 environments, not plants, not animals or insects, as evidenced by everything discussed above, and especially not humans. If anything, the world may actually need a bit more CO2, seeing how CO2 deficiency states are rampant, forests are dying, and plants aren't growing very well. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about animals and plants suffering from low low levels of CO2. Anyway, it's a great study. Dr. Jo just Google Dr. Joseph Mercola uh, on the Green Agenda's flawed view of CO2. Uh, and, you know, you have to give that guy some credit. If, in fact, CO2 levels were 20 times higher then and the earth flourished and temperatures were stable, then all these predictions about, well, if CO2 increases by 50%, the world's going to end. You have to say, well, it didn't end the last time. Why would it end this time? Right. How much time we got? Oh, let's see. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, we got about ten, a good ten minutes. Good. All right. So this is the story we didn't get to last week on Hamas. Oh yes. So this is a story from the New York Times, and Hamas leaders are quoted as stating that their objective in the October seventh attack on Israel's civilians was to achieve, and this is a quote, a permanent state of war. What they wanted. They didn't want to. They 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 didn't want to 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 triumph. They didn't want to defeat. They wanted to achieve an ongoing, perpetual, permanent state of war. And here's the quotes from the story: Thousands have been killed in Gaza, with entirely fa entire families wiped out. Israeli airstrikes have reduced Palestinian neighborhoods to expanses of rubble, while doctors treat screaming children in darkened hospitals with no anesthesia. Across the Middle East, fear has spread over the possible outbreak of a re outbreak of a broader regional war. But in the bloody arithmetic of Hamas leaders, the carnage is not the regrettable, uh, regrettable outcome of a big miscalculation. Quite the opposite. They say, 
quote, it is necessary, it is the necessary cost of a great accomplish, accomplishment, the, stat, the shattering of the status quo and the opening of a new, more volatile chapter in their fight against Israel. It was necessary to change the entire equation and not just to have a clash. Khalil al-Haya, a member of Hamas' top leadership, told the New York Times, we succeeded in putting the Palestine issue back on the table, and now no one in the region is experiencing calm. Since the shocking Hamas attack on October 7, in which Israel says 1,400 people were killed, um, the group's leaders have praised the operation, with some hoping it will set off a sustained conflict that ends any pretense of coexistence among Israel, Gaza, and the countries around them. I hope that the state of war with Israel will become permanent on all the borders and that the Arab world will stand with us, Tahir el-Nuan, a Hamas leader advisor, told the New York Times. So they don't want peace. They don't even want victory. They want a permanent state of war. And that's just, that's just sad. It's just so sad. So that's the mindset of Hamas right now. They 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 wanted, and they got they got exactly what they wanted. They want to go and they want to keep this, uh, and they're hoping that the outcome of this will be support from the other uh, other Arab states, you know, surrounding Israel. Uh, but that's what they want. They want war, and they got war. So um, it's sad, but. That's what any any thoughts on that before we move on to our text? Yeah, and the other thing that's been coming out of this too, and and I just for life of me cannot understand is the the letter to America from Osama bin Laden. Why anybody who's sane would take what anything that lunatic ever had to say to heart? Uh, yeah, and and then you read some of these people, these pro-Palestinian. But I saw one woman on TV. She was outside, American woman, you know, blonde hair, American woman. And the reporter's asking her about, well, how about, you know, Hamas, you know, with storing weapons in hospitals and tunnels under the, well, the, we, we have no independent verification. For all we know, that could be staged by Israel. So talk about, this woman doesn't live in New York. She lives in a, the state of denial. I, I mean, how much proof do you need? I mean, the camera pans, here's the hospital. There's no cutaway. And the camera simply pans slowly to the tunnel entrance. And then they take you down in the tunnel. Well, that video could have been staged. I, I mean- do you think those videos are staged? I don't think so, no. No. Well, this woman is going out of her way. She's living in a state of denial, uh, thinking the Palestinians would never do anything like this. I mean, do I believe everything the media has to say? No, but no. do I, but no, I, I, yeah. And, and I, and I also, I, I you know, I, I work in higher education and I truly feel bad for our Palestinian students as the Israel students, you know, because they just want a better life. Right. I think classifying Hamas and Palestinian in the, in the same regard, that's like saying that all Republicans are Trump lovers and that's not true either. No. So yeah, no, yeah, no, all Republicans, you know, in fact, I know personally, I'm, I'm a guy who would rather see anybody else, but Trump be the Republican nominee. And I, and I have probably a hundred friends and relatives and coworkers who feel the same way. We so don't I, I want, do feel yeah. bad for all the, the, the hate and that's going on, not only to the, the Jews and the Israel's, that are in our country, but also the Palestinians that are in our yep. country. Absolutely. They're, they just want a better life. They want a better life. Exactly. But again, Hamas is trying to gin this up and, and uh, they're succeeding, which is really, really sad. All right. We want to move on to our taxpayer relief shot. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who aren't familiar with it, let me tell you what um, uh, the sheriff of uh, Santa Rosa County, Florida, has to say about uh, good people with guns shooting bad people. Hang on. Here we go. 
somebody's breaking in your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in Santa Rosa County. We prefer that you do, actually. Hopefully, you'll save the taxpayers money. And again, if uh, if the police arrest the bad guy and they get a court-appointed attorney and spends 10 years in jail, it's a million dollars down the drain to, to try the bad guy and put him in jail. So again, saving the taxpayers money. All right, this comes to us from Florida, where a guy brings a hatchet to a gunfight. Here we go. <laughs> hang on. Oh, hang on. Well, it looks like my, despite my best efforts, the commercial, here we go, skipping the commercial. Tonight, a community on high alert this evening after deputies say a homeowner shot and killed an intruder this morning. Fox Chains Gloria Gomez reports from Newport Ritchie. Pasco detectives continue to investigate the shooting. They're not releasing very many details in this case. What we do know, though, is that it happened around 10 o'clock this morning at the Trinity Palms at Seven Springs in Newport Ritchie. They say someone broke into an apartment and the homeowner shot and killed that burglar. We don't know if the person shot and the homeowner knew each other. We also don't know if there was anyone else in the apartment at the time of the shooting. Investigators are telling us, though, that the burglar had a hatchet at the time of the shooting, but they're not releasing his name and they're not releasing the homeowner's name. At this point, no one has been charged with a crime. Reporting in Newport Richie, Gloria Gomez, Fox 13 News. So what do you think? Was that a good taxpayer relief shot? Yeah, you don't bring a hatchet to a gun. <laughs> you know, and not a week goes by. By the way, I have to tell you, I took my grandson to the shooting range today. And ahead of us, there was this old, old lady. I mean, she must have been 75, hunched over, uh, wearing, you know, these, you know, she had, she almost looked like an old Russian lady. She was there by herself at the gun range, renting a lane to go practice target shooting. I, I just thought that was fantastic. This this woman, I mean, she could have been over 80. For, I mean, that she was that old. She was, you know, you know how old people get hunched over. Mm -hmm. And she's wearing the shoes with the short socks and whatnot. And she was there to practice her target shooting. And I good just, for her. good for her. I just got the biggest kick out of that. All right. Got anything to add before we sign off? Yeah. You know, we were talking about the panda, the pandas earlier. I, I did this spring. I, I had the privilege to go down to the national zoo down in DC. And I did get to meet um, the father, the the mother and the baby panda this, this spring. And uh, I hope that, you know, China allows them to come back to visit or yeah. additional because they're, they are a national treasure to China. And I think yeah. they're a national treasure to the United States. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I can tell you one other thing at the at that Saturday night cold open. Of course, you know the pre, the president the of China is called President Z, which is spelled X I, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in the opening, so when they got Biden reading from the uh, president, he calls him President Roman numeral eleven. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you really have to watch that cold Saturday night live cold open for this past. Anyway. I want to thank everybody yeah. who uh, listening to this podcast for giving up 30 minutes of your day to listen to me ramble on about things I find of interest and importance. By the way, producer Susan, do you find these things interesting? Yeah, absolutely. I, right. I do have a question though for the listeners. What's that? So, so you know, Penn State's going to play their their last game Friday night against Michigan State, and we'll you know hopefully be we'll be ten and two. But my my big question, the big game is going to be Saturday. It's going to be Ohio State and Michigan. And right now they're both 11 and 0. 
Ah. So the, this is going to be the, this is this is going to be better than any super or any uh, playoff bowl. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I want to know is there a way that they can both lose? <laughs> <laughs> what happens if they can it end in a tie? Can a college? Yeah, uh, no, no, it has to go to overtime. It has to go to overtime. All right. Yep. Anyway, we're running out of time. So if you want to uh, see any of the stuff or or look at other podcasts, just go to the Jersey Joe website and Jersey spelled J-E-R as in Robert, Z as in zebra, double E, J-E-R-Z-E-E, jerseyjoe.com. If you want to send me an email with either a question or a suggestion on a show topic, it's simply joe at jerseyjoe.com. And if unless you've got nothing else to add, we'll sign off for the night. Producer Susan, are you, you going to eat any turkey for Thanksgiving? Hell no, I I, I don't like turkey. <laughs> I think we're going to do. What you know, it's all the sides I like. It's the sausage stuffing. That's probably my favorite dish on Thanksgiving. I'm going to. I think we're going to do king crab like uh, for having that. King I can crab do without the turkey, but I like all the side dishes. <laughs> all right, all right, producer Susan. Well, I will uh, talk to you next week. You have a good Thanksgiving. Right. Take care. Bye bye.